Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. My name is Colleen Edwards-Chesley, and you are tuning in to our show called Women in Leadership. This show is brought to you by Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, and it's also sponsored by Pensacola Business Radio. I'm super excited today for this show because I've got a great guest in the studio with me today. And different than some of our other guests, this is a show about women in leadership, but I have a male guest with me today. So good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. I am so happy you are here. And if you don't know John, John is one of the best dressers that I know, at least in the building that we work in. He is wearing a suit today that is that is uh, a red and white check pattern. You look amazing today, John. Thank you so very much. You look great. You look great. I wanted to bring John in the studio with me today because John is somebody I've, I tend to walk around and ask people questions. We're in a, in DeVillers Square right here in Pensacola, Florida, and it has a lot of kind of co, co-working space. So there's a lot of interaction with the different tenants. And John's one of the ones that I come to a lot and ask questions. And I have to be really careful with my time when I do that, because sometimes John, I'll, I'll come up to you and ask a question and and then 30 minutes later, we're still talking about Absolutely. talking about it. So you are a wealth of knowledge. So I'm so glad you're here today. You have some opinions about the subject of women in leadership. But before we get to that, I wanted to introduce the, the two main companies that I know you best for. And that's Soft Skills Institute and Urban Development Center. Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners what those two businesses are and the amazing difference you're making for the children. And not only in this area, but all, all across the state. Indeed, indeed. Well, our first company was the Soft Skills Training Institute of Florida, uh, founded in 2006, and we focused on soft skills, soft skills that was broken down into three main areas, workforce, business, and organizational development. So we are the creators of Higher Heights of Scambia, as well as many other projects around the area. The Urban Development Center is our 501c3, and we have contracts with the Department of Ed, uh, vocational rehabilitation. And in that place, we concentrate and focus on pre-placement training and placement services for persons with disabilities under voc rehab. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And the first one, Soft Skills Training Institute, how important are soft skills in the workplace today? They're, they're fundamental. In fact, employers are, are saying to us, um, you know, we're, we're eschewing the whole idea that you have to bring us everyone with a bunch of degrees. In fact, we'd rather have people who are, are really peaked in, in soft skills. We can teach them everything else. Right. The technical skills these days aren't so necessary for employers. It's those soft skills. And when you think about soft skills, you're talking about communication. Mm-hmm. You're talking about respect in the workplace, how to, how to work with coworkers that maybe you don't get along with or how to initiate leadership, mm-hmm. those type of topics, right? Absolutely. In fact, it ties directly back into our subject today of women in leadership uh, with with a higher level of soft skills, the training and the development of uh, much, much many more relationships can be developed uh, and we won't have some of the barriers to communication that we presently have in the workplace. Absolutely. That's amazing. And you've got a lot of stuff going on here at DeVillers. As a matter of fact, right next to us in the conference room, you've got a group of students. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that program. Well, under under our contract with Vote Rehab, we we offer what is called the Summer Youth Program. And this summer, we were training 350 kids across the state. Uh, we're presently operating in Escambia County, Santa Rosa County, Franklin County, Bay County, and Miami-Dade. Wow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. across the whole state of Florida. Mm-hmm. 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 And these kids are coming in, and what are they learning? Uh, they're learning the fundamentals of workforce readiness, job placement services. We're training them in, in post-secondary counseling, as well as self-advocacy. Self-advocacy deals with teaching them how to advocate in the classroom uh, for their needs, how to communicate more effectively with teachers, administrators, and parents uh, when it comes to barriers, when they perceive barriers to their education are occurring. Absolutely. It's teaching them the assertiveness without being disrespectful. Absolutely. And letting them realize they have a voice. Absolutely. They have the opportunity to make change. Absolutely. So tell us a great success story, because I know you probably have a thousand from just this summer's program, but tell us about one special student that 
that just rings true to your heart? Wow. I mean, I have so many stories, but let me tell you a little bit about a conversation we had with a parent about a week ago. Parent had come in and the parent had basically given up on their child's ability to function independently in their life. But after a conversation with us, the parents started recognizing that they did have options. They basically rested in the fact that, hey, you know, we've kind of just made a decision that we're going to have to care for our child the rest of her life. And and we were like, well, no, that's not the case because she does have dreams, goals, and aspirations. What we need to figure out is how to tie the options into those dreams, goals, and aspirations with recognition that there may be some barriers, Mm -hmm. but they're not barriers that can't be overcome. But the parents uh, didn't understand those options. So our job is to explain those options and to let them know that there are ways that we can help their child grow into the woman uh, or the man that they want to be. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I remember you told me the story last week, too. So Mm -hmm. this is a parent that's not this isn't just their only child. They have other children. Uh, This. Yeah. Without giving it away, they're 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 they have four children and all of them are the same age. So I can I can do do, (laughs) that tells you a little bit. about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they have four kids and they have one child that that has uh, developmental issues, uh, learning disabilities in particular. Mm -hmm. And those learning disabilities are not the barrier that they might have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. So we can work around their programmatic efforts in this particular community at PSC. PSC has a PALS program Mm -hmm. that allows a child that graduates from high school to actually go to college, even with developmental issues. They actually can help you get your GED if you happen to be a child that graduated with just a uh, certificate of completion. Mm -hmm. They have a programmatic effort to help you towards your GED and then on to school or technical school or otherwise. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think companies like the the ones that you have, and and we just touched on a few of them, but I think the efforts that you're doing are so necessary in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that parents aren't getting the training that maybe Absolutely. you know generations before did. That students aren't getting the mentors in the school system or Absolutely. even in the employment world mm-hmm. that we used to. I mean, Absolutely. just the the world has changed quite a bit. So I just I think it's amazing what you're doing, and Absolutely. thank you for protecting our children, but then also our future employees and my future co. Workers absolutely, absolutely. As well. And and we need to spend more time away from the social media and getting in and in back into the practicality of human connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we see that as being one of the primary things that's missing in society today because people are so deeply impersonal. So it's easy to be uh, negative in a space where you can't be with a person to pull out the positive. Absolutely. Well, and if you're not getting those examples either, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to not know what to do in situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, some of us, you know, when something happens, we go to the negative right away. Absolutely. That's the first thing we do. In Mm -hmm. fact, that's part of that's part of the problem. But what we teach our children is to look for the positive affirmations in, in, in any situation because mm-hmm. attitude does matter. But what does that actually mean when we say attitude is everything, attitude matters? There needs to be practical means, practical steps that students can take to actually bring that to fruition in each one of their lives. And think about it, the younger a child is, whether they're five, six, seven, who are taught this, by the time they're adults, they're, 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 they're brand new people. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we need to start working on these things very early mm-hmm. so we're not in our 40s and our 50s trying to learn new behaviors new new habits oh yeah mm-hmm. I'm an example of that I think I was in my 30s when Absolutely. I when I had to all of a sudden you know grow up and realize this world is totally different Keith's laughing at me now <laughs> Keith knows me from my earlier days I was a rebel I was tough I I was uh I was a um I was a serious I probably would have come through your program Absolutely. At, some, <laughs> at some point I would have um but I was able to figure it out I don't know how I did that a lot of it was motivation reading and just making that choice of hey I want some Thing different for my life. Um, but I just really applaud what you're doing because mm-hmm. these students really need it. And I think it, it goes beyond just the student level. I think mm-hmm. we as humans, we need more interaction of positive experiences, mm-hmm. more lessons on communication, because these are things that you just don't learn and you've achieved them and then you move on to something else. It's something you're constantly working at. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when it comes to communication, you consider listening as the first communication skill we learn, mm-hmm. but it's taught the least. You're right. It's the first communication skill we actually learn. It's fact is how we actually interpret everything in the beginning is through listening. Mm-hmm. But we don't teach listening. Mm-hmm. So we spend a lot of time teaching writing, for instance, and it's used virtually the least. 
You're absolutely right. I want you to right. think about that. Yeah. You're reading third least. Wow. So you so when you start talking about it, then, then of course the verbal communication that we have, but understanding all of these variables, then starting to understand both the 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 verbal and the nonverbal communication skill sets that we have, mm-hmm. and and trying to use them effectively in this life to execute us ahead. But emotion has a lot to do with that. So learning self controls now now everything that we do is based on what are called the five pillars of emotional intelligence. So every class that we develop, there are instances where there's a connectivity to one or more of the pillars. Mm -hmm. And those pillars are self-awareness, self-motivation, or self-control, internal motivation, empathy, and of course, social skills development. So we want to get to a place where these are a practical part of not only our adult learning, but more importantly, our childhood learning. So imagine if we were three, four, five years old, and people say, well, three, four, five, yes, absolutely, three, Mm -hmm. four, five, learning the tenets of self-control could have monumental effects on the development of the child, especially when it comes to you trying to focus them on learning. Right, absolutely. And I love that all five of those pillars are internal things. Absolutely. It's all about take, you know, it's all about controlling it from within. It's not about the external factors. It's all about, and and the internal things are the things that we have control of. Absolutely. And we can, we can change. Absolutely, and, and it's called investment. Mm-hmm. In many cases, many of us didn't know that we needed to make that investment. That's how we ended up getting into years into our 30s and 40s before we realized, okay, well, maybe I need to read a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Or maybe I need to add a little diversity to the things that I'm reading so I can actually learn a little something. Absolutely. It's no different than a person who who just, who gets up one day and said, I'm going to go to college. I always wanted to go to college. I'm 63 years old and I'm going to go to college. Well, there is nothing to keep you from actually actualizing that dream. Right. And that goal. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to wait till you're 63 to realize or recognize that. You can recognize that at three or four. There are kids out here who are saying, listen, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And they mean it. Our job as adults is to be fiduciaries, to be support systems to those children and their goals. Mm -hmm. And that that is really where the Urban Development Center comes in. Uh, We're here to actually support the people development, the community development, which which ultimately ends up with the economic development. Absolutely. And I love, uh, I go back to the saying, be the change you want to see in the world. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. It's about creating that change much earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be so much easier to to correct when you're younger. Absolutely. I know for me in my 30s, it was really hard to get away from my rebellious ways. Isn't that something? I still fight that, and I won't give away my age now, but I'm not in my 30s That's anymore. right. That's right. It is a That's constant right. battle. And we, we realize that that in so many cases, the, the emotions of, of, of lack of self-esteem, um, and in fact, a healthy self-esteem and a, and a healthy self-awareness is so important to where we're going to go and the decisions that we make, which you know, which is one of the reasons why we decided to get into the early childhood education area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things that we wanted to promote was that healthy self-esteem, that healthy self-awareness, and that mm-hmm. connectivity to early learning. Absolutely. Uh, so we created the We Learn Better Together platform, and uh, your audience can see that at WeLearnBetterTogether.com. Perfect. We'll uh, put that in the show notes, yeah, too. Yeah, we've had a tremendous amount of success Uh, We were in pre-order stage, and we literally have sold out every item in in our store. And we only sell at our store at WeLearnBetterTogether.com. In September, October, we will be at Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just got a call from the city of Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Dr. Griffin will be in Raleigh, North Carolina on August the 15th. And she will be delivering early childhood education materials to every child in Head Start in the city of Raleigh, North Carolina. That is amazing. So we're very, very excited about that as well. Uh, We also got a call from uh, the city of Chicago. They're very, very interested in the early childhood education materials that we've created. And we're just continuing to try to do our due diligence, uh, not only here in Escambia County and Florida, the state of Florida, but also mm-hmm. around the country to impact people in a positive way. Absolutely. I, you, you guys are just doing such amazing things. It is it is so much to so exciting to watch and to watch the change. And I know change when you're talking about early early education change. Those are long 
you know, you've got to so, wait a long time to see the the, mm-hmm. the um, effects of that. But <laughs> it's going to be amazing what you guys are building and, and what you're already doing, the impact you have on the children that are that are coming through this program right here next door to us is, is amazing. So. Yeah, it's amazing because when you think about it, our goal, and Jessica and I, we were sitting down, uh, we were talking about this, and, you know, and Dr. Griffith said, well, John, what do you think our goal should really be? And I, I said, I, I think we should have every child reading by the time they enter kindergarten. So practically speaking, what are the tools, mm-hmm. not so much the theoretical propositions, because you know we can get into that a, a lot, but sure. what are the tools that we can develop to be a help meet to that goal? Mm-hmm. So every day when, we, when you look at We Learn Better Together, not only what's, what's there now, but what's coming, our first, first reader will be out in the next month. And everything that we're doing is connected to getting children reading early. Mm -hmm. So they're not like, you know, my children, I I can still remember them. um, I think the first, second grade, and and they came from a home where everybody communicated effectively. Right. Uh, You know, we have to spur the interest. We have to spur Mm -hmm. the connectivity. Uh, give them the deeper understanding of the substance and value of learning these matters mm-hmm. and, and not see them as irrelevant or annoying, which, which sure. I, we had a kid tell us the other day, you know, learn, it's just annoying. You know, I was like, wow, I, I never heard of that before. <laughs> I, I never Children heard of that. are honest. Right. They're, yes, they are. And, and, and our kids are smart. Yeah. Our kids are smart. And, and, and if you spend the time, believe it or not, we've had parents that say, oh, my, my child's really shy. Uh, you know, I hope they'll participate. And then they come in and they won't stop talking. I mm-hmm. said, well, what was your parent th- thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and, and we're also doing a, a book on the 250 questions you should ask your child before they're five. I'm excited about that. Absolutely. I think that is phenomenal because, and we've talked about that, it's not, it's not just communicating, but it's communicating that creates the brain to Absolutely. move and to have to have to respond. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's easy enough for us to say communicate with your child, right? Mm-hmm. But most parents don't have a clue about what to communicate with their, with their children about. And, and we want to kind of give direction to that. It doesn't mean that there aren't multiple other areas that you can communicate with your child about. What we want to do is we want to give the direction toward the critical thinking and analysis piece that we really have to implant in our children early. Mm -hmm. As adults, what we found is one of the biggest obstacles to improvement is the lack of critical thinking skill sets, Mm -hmm. uh, problem solving skill sets um, that affect decision making, not only in the short term, but the long term. So we have to all kind of give consideration to these things and say, well, listen, well, maybe there are some practical steps. And what we mean by practical steps, ask this question. These are follow-up questions that you could possibly ask based on the the child's ability to answer forthwith or or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some kids aren't as talkative as others. That's something we have to recognize. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean your child is slow. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reality is when I was uh, in the first grade, uh, my teacher uh, said that I was possibly slow and I needed to be considered for... uh, you know, uh, alternatives mm-hmm. to the traditional classroom. Sure. And, and my mother was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but but I realized that there are, there are a lot of parents who lean uh, very much inordinately on the system to actually give them direction. Absolutely. What we want to do is give the, the most substantive direction for, the, for both the short-term and the long-term outcomes of the child mm-hmm. and giving due consideration to that. You know, I'm concerned and continue to be concerned about the numbers of students who are graduating high school with certificates of completion. Yeah. And without giving the options to the parents and the children as to how it is they can further their their educational aspirations, whether it be through trade school or otherwise, mm-hmm. that's very difficult with a certificate of completion. Absolutely. Uh, when you're going to the competency areas at a, say, a trade school like George Stone, mm-hmm. many of them require sixth, seventh, eighth grade reading, mathematics levels. Uh, when you have so many kids operating at third and fourth, 
at the Urban Development Center, we don't so much focus on all of the kids who don't matriculate. Mm -hmm. We've, we're trying to focus on the ones who do matriculate that we're not seeing the manifest uh, development of, 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 of great things. Right. So we focus on the 30% who don't get through, or don't mm -hmm. get through the way we want them to, mm -hmm. but we don't really take a look at the 70. We just look at the 70% and say, oh, they're okay. Exactly. They got the certificate. They got they got they got they what they need. The you know, they completed right. the program right. and it leads to a great deal of frustration in life and we see that mm -hmm. through our other, you know, mm -hmm. through our other programs. So for instance with Voc Rehab, we deal with a lot of clients who come through who've had long prison terms. Uh, short prison terms, or who've just made certain mistakes in life who, mm -hmm. who, that, that prevent them from moving forward. But it wasn't until prison that they got their, their, their high school diplomas, they got their, uh, their even some kind of trade certificates and otherwise. We had a couple who have come from other states who have degrees that they wow. got in prison. Oh, got, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the question becomes, well, what disallowed you to function accordingly? Mm -hmm. uh, beforehand and a lot of it has to do with stability and not so much the external stability because that's a variable in a lot of people's lives but the internal stability mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. back to the soft skills yeah. back to the emotional intelligence development so if we're able to give children the ability to navigate their emotion mm -hmm. earlier then maybe there are some there's some skill set development that will prevent some of the things that occur when we're 12, 13, 14, 15 years old and some of the, the missteps that we make. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the child you mentioned earlier that the parent was about ready to give up on, mm -hmm. that's an older child. Uh -huh. So, you know, I can imagine for parents, too, it's much easier to tackle these things when the children are smaller. Absolutely. When they get much older, it does get to that point of almost like you know, I just don't know what else to do. And I'm so frustrated. And, and they almost just give up at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I think that has a lot to do with the skill set development, the parent skill set development. Sure. Um, so many of us lack the emotional intelligence ourselves. So it's very difficult to actually train our children in skill sure. sets that we don't have. Absolutely. Uh, so there needs to be tools in the community that mm -hmm. are readily available to parents. Mm -hmm. uh, and it should be almost a, uh, a pretext to going through high school. Mm -hmm. So if you're mm -hmm. in high school, uh, I know it's very difficult with the way the curriculum works in high school these days, but I think fundamentally from elementary all the way through high school, soft skills needs to be intertwined into the standard curriculum. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Well, let's talk a little bit more, too, about um, not so much the youth, but more in the adult world. Okay. So you've got a business partner, Dr. Jessica Griffin. Mm -hmm. She um, has been in male-dominated industries almost her entire career. Absolutely. So I know she is very opinionated on women in leadership, very strong. I have a the utmost respect for her. She's amazing. But how about you? How do you work with a strong woman like that? Well, you know, I learned to lean in very early. <laughs> <laughs> I leaned in before there was this thing called leaning in because I had a strong mother. Okay. I so had a strong got... mother who I admired yeah. and who I who I wanted to, you know, I just said, hey, mom's doing it, you know, mm -hmm. and I and I recognized mom was doing it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So uh, much of what you see in me is due to a strong mother, wow. a strong woman, mm -hmm. uh, and a strong woman in business. So mm -hmm. that helped me. And, in, and so when I uh, recognized uh, Jessica's talents, skills, and abilities, the first thing I wanted to do is say, hey, how can I connect to her? Right. Uh, how can we partner? How can we develop? And for the past 10 years, that's exactly what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And I am very thankful and grateful for her stewardship, her leadership, her knowledge, skills, and abilities. Uh, and that's how we make it happen. That's how mm -hmm. we make it happen. She's a, she's a person of great due diligence. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's something that's missing a lot of times in the business world because, you know, we, we love shortcuts. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We love shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, and she's not that person. She's a person that dots her I's and crosses her T's. And mm -hmm. we have to have great respect for that. And I think that's a lot about what you respect about her as well. Absolutely. Not only is she very poised and very experienced, mm -hmm. but we developed something called ET, Education, Training, Experience, and Exposure. Uh, and we think these elements are fundamental to the development 
upwardly and outwardly, not only for our personal lives, but our business lives as well. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. What are some other traits you mentioned with Dr. Jessica that, um, you know, she dots her I's and crosses her T's. She's a strong thinker. What are some other traits that you think successful women share? Well, follow through. And and I, I think more importantly, and, and Dr. Griffin and I talk about this regularly, uh, we have to get to a place where we can get women, <clears throat> women in the whole, not so much women in the part, to give more respect to the idea of women in leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So because it's women in part who are giving uh, women their due diligence, even as women, giving mm-hmm. women their due diligence, mm-hmm. giving them their recognition, uh, it's it's it causes the fractures that we see today. For instance, um, even 15, 20 years ago, uh, most of these universities were trending toward majority women in their population. Sure. So you have a women lot of are great school, right, learners. Absolutely. They love to educate themselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now a lot of the the leadership proposition has to do with the experience and the exposure. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask ourselves, well, where are the limitations to the experience and the exposure combined with the development of, 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 of even stronger emotional intelligence skill sets? Mm-hmm. So we, we get the soft skills piece. We get the idea or we eschew the notion that women are simply and merely emotional creatures, where I know, of course, that's simply just not the case. Right. There are a lot of men and there are a lot of women who don't see that as the case. Sure. This is one of the reasons why even in Escambia County you don't have one woman that sits on the county commission yeah uh, well, and it's funny you brought that up, too. And I didn't bring it up with me, but I was going to bring up the um, the cover of Pensacola Magazine. I don't know if you saw it downstairs in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Front cover is all women. Okay. And it's all women that are running for office this year. Beautiful. beautiful so, And beautiful. I didn't get to read the entire article, but that's what they talk about is that, mm-hmm. that it is a struggle. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. women have not been in business, you know, in really serious business roles for as long as, as our male counterparts. Absolutely. So I agree with a lot of what you're talking about, the fact that I think women just, they have haven't had the experience yet a lot of it's self held back Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. we as women aren't doing some of the things that that would help propel us forward Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you're right there's a lot of women too that aren't quite sure what are what's women's roles in the business world absolutely you know where do we fit Mm -hmm. um so there's some struggles on a lot of different areas and it's leadership across the board Mm -hmm. you know um from from the time that women are girls Mm-hmm. And the imageries, the perceptions, the things that really influence our our reality, oh, as yeah. it were, it, it, it may be contradictory to the things that we may innately know. We sure. may know that we're capable. We may know that we're able. But the doubt sets in because we're having to also deal with these other issues of perception. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily our perception, but other perceptions. The Absolutely. images the images that come into our head, the news, the articles that we read about the frailties. And all of us should be given the opportunity to fail. Mm-hmm. And in too many cases, women, minorities, aren't given the opportunity to fail. Right. And there is a deep way of generalizing the efforts of women and not going more toward the specificity of the individual. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Absolutely. that's a real issue. And so we all fall prey to this idea that because we saw a person having some issues that it, 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 it we generalize it to not only our situation, but others who are like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I grew up in a world where when I was young, I played with Barbies. Absolutely. I was a girl, you know, I played with Barbies. I played um, school or house. Mm-hmm. My brother played competitive sports. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting older and my parents had a dinner party and, and I told my mom that that I wanted to be in the dinner party with them. And they said, no, your brother is. He's he's going to sit at the table, but you're going to sit back in the other room. Right. And literally, my mom wouldn't let me mm-hmm. interact with the business. Or it wasn't business. It was a social uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't let me really interact. And um, later, I remember asking her about that. And she said, well, you know, women, that's not what they do. You know, if, you know, when you get married, you'll be able to interact through your husband. But she was very, and not from a negative standpoint, but that's just the culture I was brought up in is that, that women were there to, you know, it was, it was behind every strong man is a, is a good woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't behind every strong woman is a good man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so a lot of And that's still true. It is still true. It is definitely still true. I really do. I still do believe that in many cases we have brought forward uh, many 
stereotypical cultural elements that that aren't that and don't serve our long-term better interest right and we have to be recognition of them and mm-hmm. be brave enough and courageous enough to let them go mm-hmm. in particular men you know men yeah. still operate in many cases from very sexist and misogynistic points of views when it comes to women sure and women are going to have to find a way because it you know it's very difficult for a lot of these men who are still dealing with a culture within the culture mm-hmm. uh, to overcome these matters. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that women overcome these matters. Absolutely. And, and, and there is a partnership that's available amongst men to have who do see these things and who mm-hmm. recognize these things and who have no problem following the leadership of women. Mm-hmm. What, we, what we have is we still have too many women Mm-hmm. who are operating by this notion that, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. Right. I, I You know, I, I just wasn't brought up that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, women are supposed to take somewhat of a back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, they can walk beside their husband, but not in front of their husband. Right. Oh, it goes back to the notion of women making more, men, m- more money. Than, sure. It's just something inappropriate about it. Right. Uh, even though there's nothing inappropriate about it, there's something inappropriate about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. there are all these inferences that we make, but they have real, real practical impact on the way we live, on Absolutely. the way we operate, on the way we vote. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we really need to give more attention to it. But that's that's a little difficult of a proposition when you're dealing with such strong cultural elements Absolutely. that have been passed down as norms and mm-hmm. values and mores in communities. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our older women and, and, and some of our young women, I've talked to some young women who still carry the, this idea that, hey, uh, you know, I have to really talk to my husband about that. Mm-hmm. Because his opinion has great, great value to them, mm-hmm. and wh- what direction they'll choose to go in—that's mm-hmm. that's that's very, very serious. So the yeah. idea of the independent thinker, mm-hmm. the idea that that women control their own destiny for the most part, is still uh, a novice idea in some communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still is. you're absolutely right. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot now and ask you: What can men do to support successful women? Well, we're going to have to have our own internal conversations. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, In the barbershops, because I I had the the pleasure and sometimes displeasure of sitting in the barbershop and and partaking in some conversations when the election, last election. And it had nothing to do with the substance and value policies and otherwise. It had everything to do with that's a woman. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I can imagine. And there are there are far too many men who are very anachronistic in their thinking. I mean, I mean, some of these guys, you just like you you have to ask yourself, man, you're in your thirties, you you don't really know anything about that. But how did you get to this place? Right, and, and how do you have such a strong opinion about it? Right, and mm-hmm. and you you find that people are very very ill informed, mm-hmm. and so many of their opinions are based on their personal engagements and interactions. I mean, I told one guy, I said, man, you must really hate your mother uh, because the only way you could actually talk like that is if you really had a strong dislike sure. for your mother. That, yeah. it, it, to me, it would be incredible to actually process information the way I see some gentlemen do, uh, and I use gentlemen loosely, mm-hmm. um, without having a dislike for your mother because mm-hmm. how do you look at your mother and say some of the things that you do. And it only could be because of certain certain types of internal issues that we're sure. having. And men are dealing with those things. Mm-hmm. We're dealing, you don't think we see that women are becoming more and more educated, they're becoming more and more vocal, uh, they're, they're demanding their, their place and space at the table, mm-hmm. and a lot of men feel threatened sure. by that. Yeah. And, and what we're saying is that you shouldn't feel threatened by that. I, I mean, I have had the pleasure of, of sitting with and talking with and communing with one of the smartest women that I've ever known, and it has done nothing but benefit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I'm internally secure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to get away from that piece mm-hmm. about so many of us as men being insecure, and that insecurity drives us. But that insecurity is also driving the decision making of a lot of our women. Absolutely. So no matter how educated and trained they are, the experience and the exposure eludes them because they're not as assertive mm-hmm. uh, as they possibly could be 
not only on their own behalf, but on the behalf, on the behalf of other women as well. Absolutely. And I think the point you made, too, about having you had a strong mother, mm-hmm. you know, that you respected. Absolutely. And so I think seeing that constantly seeing that example as you grew up, when you see a strong woman in the business world, mm-hmm. you, the first thing you do is not worry about being intimidated mm-hmm. or worried about it being a challenge. You look at it as as something that is that is a normal, right. you know, respectful type of thing. I right. think um, a lot of there's just not a lot of examples of strong women mm-hmm. for some men to to interact with you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of men I think that just haven't had those experience of having a strong woman so when they see somebody come um, towards them that's a strong woman mm-hmm. they do look at it from an intimidation standpoint or from a you know a a, a, a a competitive standpoint it's it's really it's really strange when you look at it because when you look a little bit deeper into some of these matters it's it's just like us evaluating the the negative aspects of, of a man's behavior versus the negative aspects of a woman's behavior. Mm-hmm. And we, we tend to, in some cases, as we evaluate people, we, we, we medicalize uh, certain incidents and then we criminalize others. Okay, it's the same incident, but I looked at it and, and there must be a condition there that's present on the mental side, on the psychological side, that prevents them from doing that. Over here, oh, they're just corrupt. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, women just can't do it. Women, right. now women, you mean tell me women just can't do it? Or is it that you just didn't evaluate their mistake mm-hmm. in the same way you evaluated the mistake of mm-hmm. a man? Oh, yeah. So growing up in a household with a mother, I didn't look at my mother as just a woman. I looked at her as a leader mm-hmm. because she operated like a leader. Mm-hmm. So whether it be the encouragement of conversations and dialogues, whether it be the idea that my mother is constantly putting in my head that you're a man, you're a man, that's not necessary at all either. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether you recognize it or not, these things are going to be natural to your development. Uh, That's one of the reasons why we need to have some of the conversations that we need to have. Absolutely. But they need to be had from a certain vantage point as not to discourage, not to demotivate, but to motivate. How do you do that? And And not that's to not further divide. Absolutely not to divide. Mm-hmm. And so my mother standing up as a leader wasn't a divisive part of our development. It was a part of the motivating factor. So I said, you know, uh, I'd love to have a woman as strong as my mother in my life. So mm-hmm. that that's that's an influence in a positive way mm-hmm. uh, to, to leaning in, as it were. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are some of the other unique challenges you think that our new generation of women, some of these girls that are coming through your program, what are some of the challenges that they're facing when they're approaching the business world? Well, I think, first of all, I think one of the biggest issues that all of us have is the lack of knowledge as it pertains to entrepreneurship. I think that entrepreneurship should be a fundamental component of curriculum and a standard option. Now, we, we include it as a standard option, but we're not going to teach it to you. <laughs> you right. know? So right. any of you can become entrepreneurs, but I'm not going to teach it to you. Mm-hmm. My, son, uh, my son started his business when he was 14. Wow. And uh, he started an online store for men. In fact, this bow tie that I'm wearing actually comes out of my son's store. Awesome. Uh, absolutely. How old's your son now? He's 16 now. 16? He's a student at Washington High School. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, very, very happy for him. Is he uh, a snappy dresser like you are? He I is. He loves, he loves dressing. He loves dressing others. He loves the idea of, you know, because he came up in a household where everyone dressed Mm -hmm. you know everyone dressed and he was influenced in that way he was influenced in the idea of articulating yourself properly being able to speak in complete sentences asking questions in order to get answers and that thing and then learning how to ask the right questions to get the right answers Mm -hmm. uh those kind of things you know you know you kind of grow up seeing those things i often say about my son you know he kind of grew up in the back seat of the car while i was driving down the street listening to his dad on the phone all the time so he learned to communicate from listening to me in that regard. Absolutely. So, you know, there are these measures that we can, because even when you don't recognize it, your children are listening. Oh, they're always listening. Oh, they're all, and and every parent that's listening to us, every grandparent that listens to us Mm -hmm. needs to understand, your children are always listening. Not only listening, but watching. But watching, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if we want to have positive influences on mm-hmm. women, we need to watch the in things that influence their perspectives. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about inf- perspectives, we have to talk about those things that influence that perception. Why? Because perception is still 99% of reality for persons. Okay, Absolutely. So we, we can't 
just dismiss that as 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 just bumfoolery. It's not bumfoolery. It's reality for many of us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the outcomes that we see now are direct byproducts of the influencers. These messages. Uh, imageries that we that we are uh, putting into our daughter's head. So if you really want to help your daughter uh, achieve greatness, you're going to have to show her greatness. Let her ex- let her exhibit her own internal greatness, giving her leadership roles at home, uh, showing her how to how to manage a household, whether independently or codependently with her future mate. Mm-hmm. She'll have certain basic knowledges. These things help you with the entrepreneurship track. Yeah. Believe it or not, self-control, uh, being internally motivated. These are all variables that go along with being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you can implant these things, the whole the whole idea, I know who I am, I have an idea, one of the best gifts or the most blessings that you could have is knowing your direction, mm-hmm. knowing where you're going, and mm-hmm. being comfortable with that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is something that's missing with a lot of our children uh, when they're 17, 18, and you're asking, what are you going to do? Uh, and, you know, there is nothing more disheartening than watching a kid that just graduated college and they don't have a clue about what the next step is. Right. I, literally, I see it all the time. We oh, yeah. have three interns here uh, with us this summer, and all of them thankfully know where they're going and what mm-hmm. they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But we've met so many kids who just, they go and get degrees, and even our, our, our ladies are getting degrees in spaces that they're not sh- entirely sure this is where I want to be. Right. So you, when you ask them, well, how did you end up there? You'll find that they were influenced and given direction by others who didn't necessarily care about the outcome. Sure. Sure. Uh, they were telling women and I and this is just recently I had a conversation with a young lady who she said she got her direction from a family friend who basically told her you should go into that degree field because it's easier. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you you know, you want to graduate in three years, you can graduate in three years in that line. Right. So she actually went and got a degree in that area and she hates it. Yeah. So, you know, that that's very deeply disheartening. That is. So we have to figure out how it is that we can help with that directioning entrepreneurship as a career plan. And we actually developed a course that's called entrepreneurship as a career plan mm-hmm. and integrating that into the the, the K through five. Mm hmm. Because mm-hmm. guess what? We can. Oh, <laughs> because yes. our kids are much brighter than we, we give them credit for. Definitely. And that's another influence that we're really trying to bring to the table is to teach more of us that our kids are capable of things that we may think our kids aren't. And because of that, we, we, we protect our kids. We protect their ears. We protect, uh, we protect their eyes. By, so we don't, we don't even think about letting them watch CNBC. <laughs> we don't even think about letting them watch uh, C-SPAN. That's just not a part of our processing. And when we do, it's for punishment. Believe it or not, there was a young guru, stock guru, who uh, grew up because his dad used to punish him by making him read the the stock <laughs> the financial page, right? pages. <laughs> believe that's it or hysterical. not, believe it or not, um, well. you know that's how he learned how to read stocks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he learned to interpret. Because guess what? They're capable of doing these things. Oh, absolutely. Introduce them to it, and mm-hmm. believe it or not, if you make the introduction, they may not vest then. Mm-hmm. They may vest later because guess what? That it doesn't leave them. Right. It that doesn't leave. seed stays it's planted absolutely. in there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what we encourage is to plant the seed. Mm-hmm. Plant the seed in K through five, bring it all the way through middle school mm-hmm. into high school, integrate it into the curriculum. Mm-hmm. But of course, this presupposes that there are people there with the, with the value added experience in order to give them those, those concrete elements. Uh, and we want to make it practical and not so far over their heads that they really won't get it. Because, man, some of these books, I can't even read. And sure. I've always been in business. Right. I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't even recognize this stuff. Right. So be careful about what you read because sometimes it can be so intimidating that it discourages you from actually mm-hmm. taking on entrepreneurship sure. uh, as a career plan. Yeah, that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out the show, but I want to ask you one last question. That's about personal mantras. <laughs> because I know you are 
definitely internally motivated. Mm-hmm. So I shared one of my favorite quotes earlier about be the change in the world. Be, uh, yeah, be the change in the world you want to see. Mm-hmm. So tell me one of your favorite mantras or, or something that just motivates you on a daily basis. Well, you know, I, I wish I had a, a favorite quote. <laughs> I yeah. don't. Uh, what I do have is, is, is something I get up. I, I pray every day, multiple times a day. And what I would say to anyone who is pursuing leadership, whether it be in the entrepreneurship area, the professional area, or just in your personal lives, Mm -hmm. making the change has a lot to do with your faith, Mm -hmm. your belief that it can be. Oh, yes. uh, And and the accompaniment of prayer. I'll tell you, those two things have worked for me. I have faith, and and I actually actualize that. Uh, so, you know, without being too religious or too ultra spiritual, I'll tell you this. I am a spiritual being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and m- much of what you see manifest through our companies uh, has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's absolutely. really cool. And I know that's a big that's a big support system for a lot of people, Absolutely. you know, and to have that internal motivation. That's huge. Like I talked about before, I love that your five pillars are not to do with external. It's mm-hmm. all to do with internal. I posted on my Instagram yesterday a quote that says every now and then bite off more than you can chew. Mm-hmm. I believe most people don't know what they can do. Don't be afraid of failure. I love that. Listen, if you're afraid of failure, this world is going to be much more difficult for you. <laughs> oh, I'll just I tell you that right it. now. Listen, if you think it, and listen, I we, I mean, we really believe that. We're actually doing a short film <laughs> so mm-hmm. that we want to distribute to some of the film festivals. And we're going to shoot it right here in Pensacola. And uh, because guess what? We can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We can do anything we want to. You we name can. it. We can mm-hmm. do it. It's true. And it's true. we're internally motivated enough. We're self-aware enough. We, we're not afraid of the learning piece mm-hmm. because, you know, we're studying film as we speak. Mm-hmm. We're studying scripts and screenplays as we speak. That's awesome. And, I'm so and, excited And guess for what? Y'all. We can. Yeah. We can, and we're not afraid of that. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing that we're finding that, that's really messing a lot of people up is, is connecting to people genuinely. But when you meet someone, have an idea of what role that person could possibly play when she, once you meet and talk with them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met so many people, and I could say to you, well, what can I do for you? And a person has no clue. Yeah. Has no clue. Mm-hmm. I used to many years work in the um, music industry, mm-hmm. and I used to work for a really famous artist as a last story. And... Um, he would say he would say to people that would walk up to him all the time. He would say, "Okay, sing for me," and they would say to him, "Well, what do you want me to sing?" <laughs> Instead of just singing, because I already know I want to sing for this guy, I want to perform for this guy, and if I don't want to perform for this guy, I need to be quiet and not say anything to him. Right. Right. And he used to say to people all the time, "Oh man, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to sing." Here's my tape. No, no tape sing mm-hmm. and they'd say well what do you want me to sing no mm-hmm. you want to be a, you want to be an entertainer go mm-hmm. that's how you need to think about yourself as an entrepreneurship as yeah. an entrepreneur you need to think about yourself as a professional you're ready Mm-hmm. I want to be able to get up at three o'clock in the morning. You can wake me up. I want to be able to stand on my head and still perform. Absolutely. If you're that kind of man, you're kind of that kind of woman, leadership is a part of who you are. And if you're not, then you can co- cultivate that within yourself. Absolutely. You yeah. Well, and it's funny because I saw uh, Dr. Judy Bentz from UWF spoke mm-hmm. one time and she pulled out of her jacket pocket. And this was before they had the football team. It was before she took over as the, the, um, the head of the university. Mm-hmm. Um, she was running the archaeology department at that time she pulled out of her um, pocket out of her jacket Mm -hmm. a piece of paper that was folded up and she unfolded it on stage and held it up for the camera to see and it was just a handwritten like diagram Mm -hmm. for her it was her um, opportunity if money walked in the door this was her plan and she talked about that and she said that you don't know when somebody's just going to come up to you and offer you an opportunity and if you wait until that moment then they're going to 
they're going to hand it to somebody else because you weren't ready. And that's exactly what she said. She always wanted to be ready. And now years later, you know, now her dreams come true and they, you know, huge amounts of money have gone to the university and they've built out a big football program. But that was, that was long before that ever happened. Absolutely. And that still sticks in my brain that she was ready. Now it wasn't a typed up 30 page business plan, but she was ready. If somebody handed her a check, she knew exactly what she was going to do with that money. And, 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 and a lot of it does have to have to do with the question, are you ready for your dream? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we do a lot of pontificating. I mean, we can sit around and talk all day long, but the real question is, are you ready for your dream? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you presented this dream, this idea, mm-hmm. this hope, aspiration, goal, but are you ready for it? Right. Right. And you will find that in many cases it won't manifest itself until you're ready. Sure. <laughs> I mean, just 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 really. Oh, absolutely. So, I so, that. so we need to really kind of consider these things within ourselves. And these are personal questions, mm-hmm. you know, because I could walk up to a person today and say, are you ready? And they'll say, ready for what? <laughs> right. No. Are you ready? Exactly. Because, you know, because you never know. Just like you said, we're, you know, we're fond of saying we never know who's going to call on our phone. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know who's going to call on your phone. And because of that, we stay ready. Absolutely. We stay ready. You stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Exactly. Well, and it just helps. I, I'm a big believer that that things happen. We we control our mind more than we let on that we know we do, Absolutely. you know, subconsciously. Absolutely. And if you know what your direction is, if you know where your passion is, if you know what your plan is, mm-hmm. then things happen automatically that you're not even consciously aware of Absolutely. that are directing you closer to that path Absolutely. and closer to that mission. And if you're Absolutely. not, if you don't know what that is, it goes back to Dr. Seuss, any path, if you don't know where you're going, any path will take you there. That's right. Because it's completely open-ended as far as where where you are well you might not be happy once you get down that path and realize that's not where i want it to go mm-hmm. well i'm a firm believer that you can walk and shoot gum at the same time <laughs> you know i could because we we have to do that sure uh, uh our 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 last company is called eduosity mm-hmm. and eduosity is our education technology firm because you know we've been posed with this idea for years about how it is that we can transmit the learning that we need to transmit to give to other people without us actually being there. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're not connected to to Dr. Griffin or myself or one of our trainers, how do you get this knowledge? And that encourages sure. us to develop our own education technology tool that, that is presently patent pending that we've been moving forward on. And we created something called micro content courses. And it's a beautiful, beautiful proposition. And it's K through 12 based. It's not a school. It's a, it's a supplemental uh, support system for students, K through 12. Mm-hmm. And we want to supplement classroom learning because we recognize the way curriculums work these days. Teachers don't have the time and parents in many cases don't have the knowledges necessary to be a help meet to their children at home. Sure. So the question becomes, well, what do we do about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do we do about that? And then some of the other tools are so deeply impractical and they're so deeply generalized Mm-hmm. that they don't fit every situation. Yeah. So that's a real problem as well because kids come into the classroom with many, not only different learning styles, but also capabilities, mm-hmm. support systems. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I happen to have been able to go home to a mother who loved mathematics. So I didn't have a problem with math. And when sure. I did, I had a mother who was, and you know, and I, I, I think about it so often because when, when I remember when I was in the eighth grade, I went to a school in, in Jacksonville, Florida called Stanton College Preparatory School. And, you know, a lot of really, really smart kids at that school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I remember having some trepidation about attending the school because, you know, it had a reputation for, you know, really smart kids. And I was used to being the smart kid. <laughs> you know? and now, now I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to really be the smart kid, right. but my mom never let me forget that I was a smart kid. Mm-hmm. She didn't. And she used the lesson that she learned very early with not only myself, but my siblings that, You know, if we didn't perform in the eyes of others, sometimes they would misunderstand the space and the place that we're in. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was telling you earlier about them wanting to uh, possibly put me in an alternative education plan, like Mm -hmm. many of these students out Mm -hmm. here, just not understanding I was a different kind of learner or the space I was in. Exactly. So after that point, my mom never let me forget 
the idea that I was this person, this this leadership, mm-hmm. and not only myself but my siblings as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I was in the eighth grade, my mom, who was in graduate school at the time, she came in and she asked me to do some of her homework. <laughs> wow! And I was like. Um, you know, and be, but because of who I was and because mm-hmm. who she taught me to be, mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to learn this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to understand this enough to go ahead on and do this. Mm-hmm. And I did. I did. And, and I remind my mother a couple of weeks ago about this. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've always been capable and able. Oh, and, yeah. and a lot of it had to do with the leadership that she and that recognition that she had. Right. And the unafraidness, because a lot of parents are afraid. They'll tell you in a second. Oh, no, no, she's too young for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. too young for that. Oh, she's a girl. That's She wouldn't be interested in that. Mm-hmm. You still hear that far too much. Mm-hmm. Instead of opening the corridor and allowing the child to, to make a decision about their interest or non-interest in a particular area. Sure, sure. Well, and it gets back, like you talked about, it gets back sometimes that the, the parents don't have the skills they need. Absolutely. You know, so how can, how can we expect them to handle a child that, you know, has different needs as well? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we actually just did a... Um, we just actually did a, a little small little booklet um, on on children who have been classified with IEPs in, in the classroom. So it's a little instruction manual that's based on our experience in dealing with children who have been deemed to be learning disabled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's called My Child Has an IEP, Now What? Mm-hmm. And because of the experience and the lack of understanding parents are getting as far as how to help their children, mm-hmm. how to be, how to help them go further than maybe the system is prepared to, to take the time to help them with, we, we give you a clue yeah. about that. And the mm-hmm. rest is based on research, due diligence, learning to ask the right questions of the right people. And guess what? If they don't have the program, it doesn't mean they can't develop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you may be the spark that actually takes them in that direction sure. uh, by letting them know, hey, there's a gap here. Mm-hmm. Can you guys fill in the gap? And that's something that I think a lot of institutions, um, Scammon County School District may be open to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's keep let's keep pushing the lever. Exactly. Well, I just love everything that y'all are doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are such good people, you and Dr. Griffin, and 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 I only know probably a a just a glimpse of the entirety of everything that you're doing. But we've been talking today to with John Rigsby, and you are one of the co-owners of Soft Skills Training Institute and Urban Development Center. Mm-hmm. So if people want to seek you out or seek out these businesses, go ahead and give our listeners contact information, whether it's website or phone number or how do they get in touch with you? And then also the edulosity and the the, um, t- um, the tactile products that you're <laughs> offering for students as well. Uh, the, the businesses are, you can see the businesses at www.ssti.florida.com and that's the Soft Skills Training Institute of Florida. You can see the Urban Development in, Incorporated at theudc.org and you can see eduosity at edu. O-C-I-T-Y, eduosity.com. Uh, and both of those are there. The puzzles, the early learning tools that can be found at welearnbettertogether.com. And we call it We Learn Better Together because we have to figure out how to bring parents in as tangible parts of the process. Absolutely. Puzzles have always been a way. It's almost like a family affair with puzzles, mm-hmm. you know. So We still do puzzles every every Thanksgiving. If absolutely. I go to my parents' house, my mom will go buy a puzzle absolutely. so we can do it as a family. Absolutely. <laughs> and we need to go back to that. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, so we have all kinds of learning tools there, and we just soliciting support. Um, we, I mean, we have some really, really big plans for, uh, for the remainder of the year, and I'm hoping everybody will stay tuned. Please do sign up for our newsletter at We Learn Better Together so you can get the newsletter. In fact, the new newsletter will be out tomorrow. We have press releases coming out in the next couple of days as well about some really, really big things that are going on with uh, with the Urban Development Center and, and We Learn Better Together. So we're very, very happy and proud. And guess what? We built it right from Pensacola, Florida. Isn't that awesome? Absolutely. And and the majority of people I bet in this community have no idea that you guys exist and what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know, one of the things about Dr. Griffin and, and, and myself, we've always kind of seen ourselves as more of a regional, national. Mm-hmm. Uh, our contracts are state and national based. Uh, our consultants are, are state and national based. 
Um, um, we do have activities here in Escambia County, but uh, we've been pretty much low profile for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our platforms we build for the nation at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes whether it's our education technology or our early learning uh, platform. Uh, we're also looking at uh, the development and launch of, our, of the first early childhood education lab Mm. right here in Escambia County as well, although we have another city that's competing ah. uh, to, to, to have their city have the first the lab. First lab. Uh, well, we, we've always envisioned having a lab, and we start talking about the practical circumstance of raising children and, and the knowledge piece. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that's going to come through laboratory-type activities where you can actually have all the instruments, knowledges, and otherwise that are capable for the diversity uh, that there is of parents and the different types of families that we have now. Because as you already know, mm-hmm. we have all different types of families oh, and yes. strategies. Absolutely. So we need to have a place where you can start very, very early. Even if you want to introduce entrepreneurship to your child. That's How do you amazing. do that? How do you that do that? Amazing. So we're, de- we're busy developing that laboratory as we speak. And, you know, we're just very happy and proud and blessed. That's so cool. Well, thank you again, John, for being a guest on the show. I'm going to talk a little bit about the organization, but I just admire you and Dr. Griffin and everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for taking time to be Thank here today. Thank you for having me. I absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd love to probably engage you in more conversation. John and I have been known to sit here for hours and, and talk about life and just you know, how can we, how can we change the world? I just love that. And I need, we need more people like that, that are, that are willing to have these kind of conversations because as you talked about, that's where it starts. It starts with communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you've been listening, you've been listening to women in leadership brought to you by powerful women of the Gulf coast and sponsored by Pensacola business radio X, just to go into a little information about the organization. We are a not-for-profit right here in Pensacola, Florida. So we share that in common, John, that we're both uh, started right here in Pensacola and our organization is um, based on based on our mission of promoting, advancing, and improving women in business. So we do a number of different things in addition to this monthly radio podcast show that we do. We also have an annual conference that's coming up. So our conference this year will be on Thursday, October 18th, and also on Wednesday, October 17th. And I am super excited for this year's conference. This is our annual fundraiser for the Gulf Coast Kids House, one of the local nonprofits in this area that we like to support. We are doing a service project with Gulf Coast Kids House this year, so I'm excited about that. But then on our conference, we're bringing in a keynote speaker who was last year's keynote speaker for EntreCon a well-known um, educational uh, conference here in Pensacola, and her name is Liz Jaswick. She is a nurse, and she was somebody that started in the medical field running uh, running ERs and got into passionate leadership uh, because of one of our local, local heroes in the area, Quint Studer. And so she's going to talk about leadership when it comes to passionate leadership for women. And she is very sarcastic. She's very blunt, but she also does doesn't hold back with her true opinion about about things. So she's got a lot of information she wants to share about women in leadership. So she's going to explain the principles of passionate leadership. She's going to help us acquire some strategies for successful outcomes. And then we're going to also learn from her the difference between how women lead and how men lead. And I'm excited about that. We also have uh, several PED Talk speakers that we'll be announcing in the next couple weeks. So excited about that. And then the other thing that we're doing on Wednesday this year instead of a social event where you're actually going to do speed networking and this area has not seen speed networking in the type of fashion that we're bringing it for this event but this is going to be an event where when you register you would go to a special website and then you'll answer some questions about yourself it might be what are you looking for in a relationship when you meet somebody out in a business uh, world Um, who are you looking to interact with how many years of experience do you have what um what things are are you looking for with different connections? And you go through a little profile. It's almost like a, a match.com, but from a business perspective. And they're going to match up the participants of our speed networking event. And when you show up to the event, you're going to be handed a sheet of paper that has a list of the people that you're going to connect with. So on the first round, you may sit with uh, John from Gulf Power, for instance. The second round, maybe you're going to sit with um, somebody that, that runs marketing for a large healthcare company. Uh, but on your sheet, 
you're going to have all the information about each of the different connections that you're connecting with. And those people were purposely connected to you for a reason, not a random, I just walked in and I was given a number. And so I sit down next to the person that has that same number. This is much more strategic. When you do strategic speed networking, the connections you get out of it are unbelievable and so much more effective than uh, traditional network speed networking, which is, which is much more random. So we're excited about that event as well. And then just for a quick review, I was going to talk about a book that I love and I go back to time and time again called The Slight Edge. And it's written by an author named Jeff Olson. And I want to say that Jeff actually went on to run one of the direct marketing companies, one of the large uh, direct marketing companies. And I can't remember which one he um, he runs. But, but this book, The Slight Edge, has made such a difference in my life. And I'm just going to talk about the very first power that he talks about in The Slight Edge. And that's the power of momentum. And he says that a body in re- a body at rest tends to stay at rest. A body in motion tends to stay in motion. So if you're wanting to create momentum, activity is the key. And once you're in motion, it's easy to keep going. But once you stop, it's really hard to change from stop to go. And I'll use exercise as an example of this. I've recently been walking, and today I think was my 20... 23rd or 24th day in a row of walking more than a mile. And that's a big accomplishment for me. If you, if anybody that knows me, I'm not a huge exercise fan, but this was something that I wanted to start adding in my life. And what I really found out through it is if I skip a day, it's really hard the next day to go back to it. So my, my theory now is I am going to walk every single day. I don't care if it's thundering or if it's super hot out, which we're in the middle of July. And that's been, that's already been an issue, but it's all about keeping that momentum. I know if I stop, it's so much harder to restart. So by just continuing that motion, um, it makes a lot more sense. Uh, When it comes to a business perspective, a lot of times people look at things they want to correct in their business world, and they, they take on too many things at one time. So Jeff addresses that in this chapter, and he talks about it's far more effective to take one business building action every day for a week and work on that one than to pick seven or eight or a dozen different activities all at once and only work on them for a short period of time. What ends up happening is you get burnout, you don't accomplish a lot, you've got a great amount of momentum, but it stalls really quickly because it gets hard to keep up that that rate and that pace. Um, He says that people that do only one action every single day, week in and week out, are the type of people that actually build an organization. People that end up taking seven or eight or a dozen different actions all at once are the ones who actually um, don't um, end up making large change or long-term change in their world, even though they're the ones that are taking on a greater number of business building actions than the other people. Um, he says that if we, it takes a, a good amount of energy and initiative to get started in a new activity, but it takes far less energy to keep doing that one activity once you've started it. So that's kind of the um, the crux of that chapter. Um, it talks a little bit about, it reminds me of, of, I think it was Stephen Covey that talks about the power of the flywheel. And if you picture a huge wheel made out of metal that's, um, that's circular and you, and you want to start the, getting that momentum going, it's really, really hard at the beginning. But once you start that wheel turning, it gets easier and easier. And at some point, the wheel actually actually just starts spinning on its own. So he talks about in the power of momentum, it's easy to stay active, but it's also easy not to stay active. And that's what that's the hardest part is that it's so easy to not do something. And if you stop, it's not going to kill you today. It's not going to make a big difference today. But that one simple error in judgment compounded day after day, time after time, will absolutely destroy you from getting to a goal that you're after. So that's just the first chapter of The Slight Edge. It's the the, um, power that he calls the power of momentum. If you're interested in that book, the other four powers are the power of completion, which is a big, made a big, big difference in my life. He also goes through the power of habit. He goes through the power of reflection and the power of celebration. So I just love Love that book. Slight Edge really talks about making the right choices every day, but compounding those over time. And those things are able to take you higher and higher up the success 
curve. The wrong choices you make today, compounded time or time over and over again, will absolutely positively and inevitably take you down and out. So if you're interested in that book, it's one of my favorites. If you could see my copy, it's it's dog-eared and written in and highlighted and the spine's broken because I'm a spine breaker when I read books, but it's called The Slight Edge, and it's by an author named Jeff Olson, and it's spelled O-L-S-O-N. So hopefully you got some information out of that little book review, and it maybe encourages you to go out there and and check out that book. If you want to know more information about Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, you can find us on our Facebook page, Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, or find us on our website, PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. And I'm super excited to have our guest, John, in 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 the show today. So I I appreciate him and everything that he shared. If you want more information about about us, please tune in to this broadcast. We do this once a month through Pensacola Business Radio X, and we look forward to to seeing everybody next month and and tuning in at that time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.